0: As a young stuntman, Jesse V. Johnson learned the ropes of directing on films like Total Recall, The Shawshank Redemption, War of the Worlds, Mission Impossible 3, Hell or Hot Water, and dozens more. In this interview, Johnson discusses the various types of stuntmen, including his ground-pounder days, how life experience brings something extra to the film, how actor stuntmen like Keanu Reeves or Matt Damon have changed over the years, and what it's like to work with world-class stunt performers like Scott Atkins and Tony Jaa. We also discuss Johnson's films *Triple Threat* and *Avengement*. In the latter, Atkins stars as Kane Burgess. While released on furlough from prison, a lowly criminal evades his guards and returns to his old stomping grounds to take revenge on the people that made him a cold-hearted killer.
1: Uh, I, I've been obsessed with with making movies with uh, with. You know, we're telling stories. Actually, would be the, uh, the more accurate description. Uh, I, I think it's the most noble thing. I think it's wonderful to be able to tell a story and let someone get lost, and whether that story across a fireplace like our ancestors would have done with the flickering fire between us. I think that's why people take so well to watching TV or movies because it almost recreates that flickering fire that that a storyteller. Would have sat across from in our millennia. I think we have all that coding inside us to listen and to be ready to either hear or to to be able to tell that story around a campfire. And I think uh, I think that translates basically in its rawest form to what we're doing when we make a movie. Uh, so I've always been obsessed with that and wanted to do that. I got I got uh, I was an assistant director to start with, uh, and then realised that I had pretty much inadvertently trained myself for most of the disciplines required for stunt work and 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 you know that that work benefited me in a way better than than being an assistant director which really uh, contrary to the name doesn't really lead you towards being a director you know in actual facts an assistant director usually ends up as a line producer a unit production manager or or eventually a producer Uh, to become a director you are better served writing or or acting or or coming in from one of the above the line sort of more art based uh, backgrounds. And so fairly early on as an I I realised I was in the wrong line of work. It was quite fun. I did Short Redemption and Mortal Kombat and Mr. Holland's Opus, uh, Nightbreed a uh, few other pictures as maybe and they were tremendously, tremendously interesting, but but uh, it was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't leading uh, as a part of becoming a director, and the stunt work I I found very exciting and interesting. The characters involved were sort of more my kind of characters. They were, they were you know uh, more daring, and, and, and you know the kind of pursuits they they enjoyed were pursuits that I enjoy: motorcycling and, and mountain climbing, and, and and that sort of thing, and, and driving cars, and uh, you know the the, the sort of uh, you know, making a, making a dangerous stunt safe and working out how to do that, and then martial arts, which, I, which I've had a passion for since a young man. And so it was – It, it yeah, I really enjoyed it. I found I could earn enough money in a couple of days' work to sustain me for the rest of the month, which – Meant it lent itself well to writing, you know. Whereas when you're an AD, you're absolutely nose to the grindstone from the beginning of the movie to the end. You don't have a chance to write uh, or or take meetings or or do the things that are necessary to become a film director. So uh, it was very, it worked out very well. and, and to that end, I got to work with. And alongside some of the very, very best directors in the business, and watch them work, and take a little bit from them, and, and work with great actors, and see how they worked. Uh, and then when I did start coordinating and looking after actors, I learned about what it took to gain the trust of an actor, to let them know that you were there watching them uh, and looking out for them. Uh, you know, you didn't, you were not treating them as some kind of god on a pedestal, because nobody wants that. No actor really wants to be treated that way they want to be thought of that way but they don't want to be treated that way uh treating them like a person a human with fears and desires and concerns uh and and to be able to talk to them about stuttering and, and, and tripping over your words uh and and let them know how the stunt could be form, performed in a way that was safe for them and and would make them look great uh which is a very very good path into directing uh you know i, I I came back to directing, uh, to, to to stunting after having a bit of a up I, I made a black and white film, which didn't sell, and I found myself in director prison for about a year. So I, I, I went back to stunt work and worked with Kenneth Branner with P.T. Anderson, and with Steven Spielberg over a period of about a year and a half to years. And it was the most fantastic sort of postgraduate course imaginable, and, and, and it, it reminded me of my love for... Aircraft, you know, so it, it was a very, very good part into into directing uh, from, from stunts. I think, and and, and remain, remains to this day a very, very good way to 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 become a director. You know, uh, there's a creativity to stunt work as well, to a degree, not as much as you think, because really you've been told. You Know what, what to come up with, but certainly within uh choreographing and action sequence and making it work and suggesting those to the director and getting people to buy, sell, you know, to sign off on it and agree to it and see how you're going to do it in a safe way. So a lot of similarities, so uh, for me, it felt like quite an organic part.
0: Did you start kind of as a specialist and then expand? Like, how did someone expand their like stuntman resume into
1: uh, I started. <laughs> Yeah, started very young. Definitely not a specialist. <laughs> I Basically said yes to anything, anything. And you know, I, I had you know obviously not things I knew. I, I was going to hurt myself. I really, really pumped for everything and, and hit the ground hard. Uh, when you start out stunts, unless you're you know you're coming from another background like specialist motorcyclist or a specialist diver, or high high fall guy or fire guy, you're coming in as an all rounder, uh, and they call it. You know, in the states they call it a ground pounder, which means that you you're a person that whose whose specialty is hitting the ground as hard and messily and as painfully looking as possible, and and as and as it should be. That's that's where it's good to start out, start from that position, and you work your way, you know, into more more refined position of control and coordination and choreography. But yes, I started out as a ground pounder, as a hitting the ground hard, going through glass, you know, taking car hits being being beaten up, thrown downstairs, uh, thrown off horses, out of car doors, that sort of thing. And and, and you learn you know, what you can do and what you can't and what hurts, what doesn't, how to land, how to make it look messy, uh, you, you learn to do those things because you don't want to do it a second time. So you or a third. So you, you learn to make it look good the first time. And and these are these are important skills to a filmmaker but, but uh why you're in the moment, about to drop out of the car while it's going 35 miles an hour on an asphalt road, you're thinking, why? Why? What exactly am I doing again? <laughs> How does this contribute to my path to becoming a director? And I had many of those moments, but, but that's, that's only natural. And when you look back on it, it's like, no, that was perfect. That was that was part of the part. It was a very, uh, it was a very uh, valuable, valuable step. <laughs> uh, but yes, you do have one or two moments of, of faith. Being lost in, in, in the in the take of it. but uh, I think I think it all it all leads to being a good director. You know, any kind of life experience leads to being a good director. The worst directors are the ones who've only ever watched other people's movies and read other people's books. You, know, uh, you want someone whose experience of life brings something new and something interesting to the film. You know, something that isn't seen on every you know, on every other. You know there was a period after matrix fiction every other film looked like the Matrix that period after pop fiction where a other film looked like pop fiction It's because you know there are certain filmmakers who are just obsessed with films so I think it's it's important to be obsessed with films but also to have had a little bit of life experience to tell a good story uh so i i I think my stunt works valuable i hope hope it shows.
0: How have you um, seen the industry change over the years? Like you, you mentioned the Matrix movies, like Keanu Reeves went through the training, Matt Damon went through the training for Bourne. How have you kind of seen that change where before it was more noticeable when they would just put in a stuntman as the lead actor? Have you noticed that overall across the industry?
1: Uh, to a degree. I mean, you know, I wasn't. I haven't been in that long, but I mean in the 50s and 60s it's awful. You'd watch these guys and they'd suck in their bellies, you know, trying to look tough, and you could see that it worked out ever. And they're trying, you know, they done a couple of press ups and for a fake tan on it. They were the tough guy, and it was all such a big joke. So it was actually very cool when you started to see actors who were in the gym and were strong, were fit, and you know you can actually believe that these guys looked looked the part. You know, uh, and certainly people like Charles Bronson was very very cool, and Lee Marvin was a real badass. But but there were there were those awful characters. You know that, that were headlining films in the fifties and sixties who clearly weren't very tough. They were, they were you know, and I, I like that where we are now with action films. You have guys that actually look, look the business to a degree and you know, look like it, they can do this stuff and have done their research. Uh, you know, and have gone out to the range and practiced with guns. Have, have spent some time in the gym and learned how to roll and tumble. And, you know, and do a little bit of. Stuff and I, I think it benefits films. I think the audience is a lot more discerning now. You know, uh, with a flick of a wrist, a kid can look up at a, a real, you know, uh, special forces takedown of a terrorist operation shot with, you know, GoPros on, you know, on special forces guys' shoulders and know exactly what it looks like. They can watch UFC and see exactly what a, uh, you know, an MMA guy would do in a in a fight situation. You know, with elbows, knees, you know. And, you know, and strikes, and it's like there's very little left to the imagination now. So you have to be very careful when you make action movies. You have to do your homework. You have to make sure that the techniques and the tools and the guns and the the uh, the methods are up to up to snuff, and they've been researched. So it puts the uh, sense of responsibility in our lap a lot more than it probably was once. We've got to make these things look damned good. You Working know? well, with people like Scott Atkins help because he's such a stickler for detail. He'll go out and do the research and really really uh, thoroughly, thoroughly prepare, which makes it a joy to work with him. He's also one of the most physically capable actors you've ever met. I mean, it's like he can do things that a world-class, only a handful of world-class performers can do. And and then he can deliver his line and hit his mark and, and, and look, look terrific doing it. It really is a joy working with him. Uh, I read an interview with Howard Hawks, and I think Uh, a reviewer was asking him why he chose to work with John Wayne so often for his Westerns. And he said, well, because it's easy. (laughs) It's easy to make a Western with John Wayne. And the truth, to some degree, is there with Scott. It's, It's much easier to make an action movie with Scott because he is so physically adept with the action you know I can do those fight scenes in one or two takes I can do them in long takes with lots of techniques and lots of choreography because he'll remember it he'll have it absolutely perfect as long as the stuntmen don't mess up he will be he'll be on his on his game and that's and that's something you know uh, it allows us to really really do to compete with these enormous, enormous pictures, you know, uh, and let's face it, you, just, you know, a film doesn't have a price tag on it. You go out with a film that costs a million dollars or you go out with a film that costs a hundred million dollars and we're competing on the same formats. We're on Netflix, we're on Amazon, we're on, you know, on Blu-ray, at the local, you know, supermarket. And There's nothing that divides us, you know. There's no, we're not cheaper to buy across the same price. So we have to compete uh, and I can't compete. I don't have a $150 million special effects budget. So I have to do something that they can't do. And to do that, I I work with an actor like Scott who can do physically what none of those actors can do. They can be made to look like they're doing it with a lot of melded special effects, special suits, and incredibly talented stunt doubles. But it's not them doing it and you know it's not, you know, you watch it and you know, half of that car sequence in Black Panther was a, was a cartoon jumping part of the car. And yes, it's exciting and fun to watch, but it was clearly a cartoon. My, my 12 year old daughter could see it was a cartoon, but it didn't take away from the film. And the film was still so exciting and fun and gave you its money's worth. You felt you've got, you've you got your bang for your buck and then some, but what, what we can do with a lower-budget film with someone like Scott is give you an actual performer doing this stuff, and it's a vicarious thrill to watch that. You know, you're now you're now watching Cirque du Soleil, you're now watching, you know, gymnastics. You're now watching a guy do his own his own special effects, and for me, that's 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 unique. That's something a little different, and it evens the playing field just a little bit. Not much, but enough that perhaps a film like this becomes of interest to the general public. You know uh or triple threat or bet collector any of these pictures that I'm doing with, with Scott. Uh in this case it's 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 more about the uniqueness of having all of these interesting British actors in a in a room who are all particularly good I think and all will really, really work the work their uh, hearts off, you know, uh, to, to give you know, to give a really good performance. Uh you know in many many ways, you know, million dollars more wouldn't get you a better cast uh, in terms of their acting abilities so you know you're always looking for ways to even playing field in some way or another with with these pictures
0: we've worked with some of the clearly like the best of the best of that realm the stuntman actor type and triple threat and avengement um, what's the collaborative process like? like, like it's, let's say the, the big fight scene of Benjamin. when you're in this room, you know, it's building up to it, but how, like, are you working with Scott directly with that or how do you kind of approach the scene?
1: Enormous, enormous collaboration. It's a, it's a really good question. And, for it, and it's, it's all about collaboration. You have to, you know, there's a there's that famous saying about hiring the right people and then having the brains to leave them alone enough to do the job that they know better than anyone else. And Scott and I used to, you know, we've worked together quite a few times and it it took quite a lot of headbutting and sort of arguing and and scrambling to, to, you know, because I I was used to obviously doing all of my own action and taking actors who were very willing to follow through exactly what I wanted and, and, and adapting them to my to my needs and desires. Whereas with Scott, he has his own way of doing things and and a very unique way of moving. He knows where to put the camera and how to move to camera. And he's, you know, so we, we, there was friction to start with and we realized, you know what, if I step back and I focus on my part, which he doesn't get involved in, which is the performance and the storytelling, he focuses on, on, on the, you know, the actual physical choreography. And I, Offer suggestions, and and it actually, you know, after a film or two, it became a very smooth process. And uh, you know, I lay out the story, you know, with him, with uh, Stu Small, who's the third part of the creative process. We lay out the story ahead of time. That's where we bicker and go backwards and forwards, and finally come up with a uh, uh, scenario that we all like. uh, At at which point, uh, you know, I usually shoot through to the first punch, and from the knockout onwards, uh, he'll go off and put the choreography together with the stunt team. They'll videotape it. They'll give me a copy of the videotape of the rehearsal. I'll look at it. We'll choose camera placement and that sort of thing and, you know, where, where the shots are going to be as, as as close as we possibly can. And at, at that point, that becomes the, the you know, the, the Bible for what gets shot and set. We have to move very, very efficiently and very quickly on this, as, as you can imagine. So, you know, using that as a template, we tend not to go back to the video too much unless people get completely lost. But, you know, oftentimes the video's there and we're literally... Going backwards and forwards and polishing. If there's a shot that we feel we need that we didn't realise we needed, then you have a second camera and you, you adapt it that way. But it's very efficient and very quick, and uh, it's worked. It's, you know, so far it's worked very positively for us. You know, uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely a collaboration. But for me, filmmaking is a collaboration. You know, there's you know there's there's rarely any time where. Practical to stamp your foot and say, "This is what I want. It's going to be this way, or else." I don't think I've ever had, had to do that or, or been in that situation. If you find the right people, you want them to give you their suggestions. You want them to contribute, and you want them to be passionate about what's going on. So you listen. Sometimes you'll disagree, and sometimes you'll choose not to do it that way. But it's you know, it's, you know, it's all it's all in sort of like light, light, you know, light-heartedness to it and creative uh atmosphere that, that's not not bullying or overwhelming, you
0: know do you see um the uh, like when you're looking at different actors they have different actual fighting styles like tony Jaa is kind of a tie it's it feels like um scott's kind of a brawler type in this new movie do you see that as defining the character and the way they fight in their films
1: oh absolutely yeah it tells an awful lot about the the character and the style of the fighting, and we'll, we we talked about this for a long time. I mean, it's like the film itself. We were trying to root in reality. And where, you know, 720 kicks and 540s backflips, you know, there is a place for that in movie storytelling. It's 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 a mythology, you know, you know, in real fights that, you know, you'll see it maybe once in a while, but it would be very foolhardy to throw a 720 in a bar fight, you know, against unknown opponents whose skill level you're not sure of, you know, uh, in reality. So we tried to keep it more steeped in what might actually happen with maybe sort of 10% fantasy on top of that whereas you know when we were doing triple threat or you know there was slightly more martial arts be, then obviously the fantasy factor ratio increases to 30, 40, thirty, forty, fifty percent, depending on what you have going on and you know, uh how far you are prepared to go, you know, and, and people will buy them, they'll, they'll sit with it and they'll enjoy it. You know, they they'll watch the Chinese movies where people are running along the tops of bamboo bushes, you know, and, and, and floating just out outright flying, you know, and take it as, as okay because it's sort of part of the mythology. Uh so you have a lot more leeway when you make, you're you you're doing a purely martial arts movie. This film was never supposed to be a martial arts film. It's it's a uh, it's a gritty action thriller with with some really gnarly fights. And, and Scott, I think, liked the idea of doing something that was a lot more uh, a, a lot more sort of you know just brutish, you know, and, and brute strength, and someone who's very skilled because he's experienced in knowing where to hit a man and how to, how a man might attack and how to defend against that. But not not in a way that was flashy in a traditional martial arts movie manner if that if that sort of makes sense more more sort of brunson and tom hardy-ish you know this is a guy that that while everyone else is sort of moving at one speed he he understands where where they're going a little bit ahead of time and has that sort of advantage you know because of the amount of fights he's been in and how physically strong he is
0: that was great i think we're pretty good unless there's anything else you want to add about the movie that we missed
1: well, I'd love I'd love people to see it, and I, I think it's I think it's something rather unique. I think it's quite hair raising, and there's some good acting in it, and really, I'm very very proud of what Scott's done. And I think I'm I'm able to say that because it wasn't any part of my doing, but I think his performance is pretty brilliant. And it's you know in a, in in an era of you know a, a, a market that's for action movies is predominantly these huge huge mega sized films with 150 million dollar Advertising budgets. I think it's it's. think it's interesting, refreshing to see a picture like this, which is is so much smaller and so much grittier. But 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 having said that, has the chance to perhaps move you and stay with you a little bit longer. You know, there's a story here which I think is is you know is, is worth telling. So I hope people enjoy it and thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about it, Mark.
0: Thank you for tuning into this show. If this is your first time listening. Please log on to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a rating. Providing a rating or sharing content is one of the best ways to help the series grow. Make sure to also follow or like us on your favorite platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or the new YouTube series we've started. And check for daily updates over at creativeprinciples.live.